Welcome to this episode of Catholic Conversations at St. Thomas of Villanova Parish. My name is Father Bill Gabriel, and I am a parochial vicar here at the parish, and I am joined, as always, by my terrific co-host. Well, thank you, Father Bill. Yes, my name is Tara Penza, and I am the Director of Religious Education here at St. Thomas of Villanova. Very, very happy to be with you again. It's been a little bit of a break here. We've had a few weeks, and uh, I couldn't wait to sit down and and talk about things, and um, I was just thinking what to talk about. You know, Lent, we're in Lent, right? We're going to hit the fourth week, is it, coming up? Right, coming up. So our journey is more than halfway done, Mm -hmm. and one of the things we were thinking about, um, I know you and I talk about a lot, is the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Mm. So I thought today would be a great you know, reason to talk about reconciliation because people often ask me, why do we not push reconciliation during Lent, but why are we providing it and encouraging people to uh, take advantage of that beautiful healing sacrament during Lent? Mm. So maybe you can help us with that. Sure, yeah. Well, it's a great question, and, and you're right. Uh, reconciliation and Lent tend to go together just you know, somewhat like Advent has the same, but not quite to the same extent that uh, maybe we would celebrate it during Lent. Right. Um, and I guess the, the quick answer is we often, uh, Lent coincides with spring, right? We just had the spring equinox. Oh, sure. Welcome to spring. Happy spring, everyone. And uh, what we do in spring is we come in out of this wintry mm. season is spring cleaning. And it's a preparation experience, just like Lent is preparation. It's spring training. You can use that image for it, um, where we're uh, plugged in in such a way as to get ourselves fully ready to celebrate Easter, which is the climax of the liturgical year, the high holy days Absolutely. of the Triduum leading up to the Easter Vigil. Um, so in that way, to prepare ourselves to fully be immersed and freed up to be able to be fully present to celebrate what God has won for us on the cross uh, and through the resurrection, we celebrate reconciliation. I love that. It, it makes sense. And, you know, when I ask, uh, at teaching the second graders, when I ask them, what is the greatest holiday, you know, the greatest celebration in our Catholic faith, what do you think they say? Christmas. Of course. You know, and I say, yes, that's wonderful. Christ was born. But then I want to talk to them, but but it's really Easter. Right. Sunday, that's what is, you know, the pinnacle of our whole mm-hmm. uh, existence in the Catholic faith is because he died and, you know, he saved us of our sins and things. So I love that, that we're, we're all trying to do some spring cleaning spiritually as well as, you know, in other areas of our lives. And um, I love the part of, of Lent that, like makes me focus on special prayers for each day. Mm-hmm. You know, that is part of the preparing too, is to take the time, which is hard to do, uh, to be quiet and to try to, you know, take some time in, in preparation for uh, Lent. But one of the ways that I do love in preparing my heart to, you know, receive this beautiful gift on Easter Sunday is to go to reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think what well, we just celebrated the, the kids. We just yes, had the second yeah, graders. Yeah, we just they had, had first, first reconciliation in Lent, which is just always a treat. Um, and uh, you know, the kids in, they always ask the same questions, and it's funny, Father, because they're worried about the same things adults have asked me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting, right? Interesting point. Um, one of the things, uh, first off, and, and adults have said this too, that have not gone in a very long time to reconciliation, mm-hmm. they'll say, what happens if I forget what to say? Mm. What do you say? I know you've come to our class and you've told the kids, but what do you yeah. say to even adults listening? Like, they haven't been in 10 years. They really maybe really want to, but right. they're afraid that they've just lost it, you know? Yeah. That's so true because I've, I've heard that as well, that there's a sense of I'm going to feel like I don't know what to say, therefore I'm not going to go at all. Right. And and what I would say, and I believe what any priest would say is, come, and we will gladly, uh, A, welcome you with open arms as the father does to the prodigal son, Absolutely. right, <clears throat> and welcome you home to the sacrament and in no way make you experience shame or embarrassment, but rather coach you Goodness, through. Right. Yeah. And be able to say, hey, you know, like, and, and even I think one of the most beautiful things, because it's such a humbling sacrament as well, sure. it's also deeply humbling to be able to be like, you know, Father, I, I don't know, you know, what the steps are. Can you help me? Right. And a lot of times what I'll say to uh, littler ones, or even ones who haven't gone for a long time, I'll say, I can coach you through everything. You let me know. Mm-hmm. And like it's very that. like, yes, please. And mm-hmm. then it's able to say, okay, let's begin with the sign of the cross. And we right. do that together. So it's really simple. And there's no sense of uh, judgment in yeah, that way. Yeah, like tis tis for not knowing it, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good for them to know. And like we said at, at Reconciliation, encouraging their parents to go mm. be- after the kids. I said because... It's a greater celebration if it's been a long time for you. Mm-hmm. God is up saying, thank you for coming back to me. Right. And I said, let the kids lead you mm-hmm. to reconciliation because what a wonderful role model, too, to, to see you go. Um, and, you know, I love that, that don't worry about what to say. We're going to help you get to, you know, what yeah, to say. And yeah. don't worry that you don't know the act of contrition again. Right. We, we have cards that, that right too. there to yeah, show you, yeah. you know. Um, and the other thing I hear a lot, and um, so it's not knowing what to say, and well, why can't I just tell God my sins? Why do mm. I need you to help me, Father? You know, mm-hmm. what do you say to that? Yeah, that's that's, that's that is common as well. Um, I would say uh, first off that um, that yes, you can tell God your sins, and that's a good thing to do. You know, it's right, good to be right. in prayer with God and ask forgiveness of God directly, and, sure. and that's wonderful and good. And I'd encourage that. And we believe that forgiveness is not limited to confession, right? Of so, so uh, if that was the case, we would be limiting <laughs> God. We never know? forgive anybody. <laughs> so it's it's important to remember that you know that that God forgives a lot of times when you're sitting down with a friend and. You are both being very honest with each other and acknowledging hurt and expressing right. forgiveness and letting go of resentment. And, and then you're coming to reconcile. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. So, well, then why the sacrament then? Mm-hmm. The sacrament then, all sacraments are visible signs of the invisible grace and reality of what Christ is doing always and already. Right. Right? You know, instituted by Christ. Sure. Uh, so... We need, as human beings, these sensing things. Like, for example, at baptism, the water. It gives the visible sign of the invisible grace that's happening. Similarly, communion, it engages our sense of taste. We need that as human beings to feel fed. If I said to you, well, be fed, (laughs) you might say, well, well, you know, know, what exactly does that... 
but the engage that Christ knew us so well as to give us these yeah. visible things right. that engage our senses and incorporate our embodiedness wow. is so wonderful and so necessary for us. Just like it's not enough for me to say, oh, I give you a virtual hug. It's not the same as actually Absolutely. giving you a hug, right. right? That makes sense. So that those visible signs can happen in you know chrism oil at confirmation is smell engages our sense of our nose but so then for therefore the sacrament reconciliation is the visible concrete hearing of one who is in the person of christ in the confessional the priest who says the words that christ says constantly throughout scripture to us you are forgiven right And we as human beings, I believe, desperately need to hear those words. Right. And we could say to God, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, and believe in our prayer that God is forgiving us. Sure. But it's it's a sacramental moment when we hear from a person who represents the community that we've harmed with our sin as well. Right. uh, And severed our relationship with God and the community and ourselves to be able to say... I confess my sins to God, and I'm really sorry, and I'm going to try to be a better, more loving disciple of Christ. And then to hear from the priest, God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace. And I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is said in those words that's happened for centuries as entrusted to Peter to forgive sins and then entrusted to the apostles and to the priests is to that sacramental moment of saying, I absolve you, I forgive you in what Christ does for us constantly. I think we need to hear those words so as to be released from the burden that we carry of sin. I love that. And I think as a sinner myself, when, you know, of course I ask God to forgive me and help me to be better at something, but when I experience and go to the sacrament of reconciliation, when, you know, Christ is saying to me, I forgive you of that, mm. go out and try to be, you know, better at, I, I hesitate to make that sin again. Mm. Like I go like, ooh, I just went to confession. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I'm now absolved. And, mm. But when I say, oh, God, forgive me, yeah, and then I go on to my, I don't, I don't have as much, you know, introspect of it uh, or awareness of it right. as I do when I get uh, the grace from God through reconciliation. Right. It just is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a different, a different, even these little seven and eight year olds, you know, we tell them, you know, this is such a grace of healing. And, um, you know, when they leave, you know, I'm always like, well, how did it feel? Oh, I feel so good. You know, <laughs> even those little hearts feel yeah. so free right. uh, because they've you know, experienced this. So there is a lot to the experience of healing that uh, only the sacrament can give us. For sure. You know? Um, yeah, and I would say too, I mean, we know like we don't baptize ourselves. Right, right. We don't give ourselves the anointing of the sick. Right. I don't give communion, you know, to yourself. Uh, to myself. Like, right, there's, there's, it's important to have uh, others to be able to do this in a, such a way, and the priest being a, a particular person in this regard, to be able to help. Uh, ritualize our need for healing and right. forgiveness 
in such a way that was instituted by Christ to give us right. the grace and the strength and the you know the strengthening of relationship with Him to be the best we can be. Right, and you know through that you know I I often think if you're sick, you'll either go to the store and get some medicine or maybe you have to go visit the doctor to heal yourself. Right. And you know sin is a kind of hurts my heart, mm. you know, and I need to heal that. And one yeah. of the best ways I can do it is to go to the reconciliation, which you know. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people will kid me that I go to you or I'll go to Father <laughs> Michael, or Father Joe. I don't have a. It's not because I my sins are so nice. I just feel like, are you really going to hear something from me that you've never heard from someone else, or mm. am I that big of a sinner or a different sinner? I just feel like you really are being Christ for me. And mm. so I do go to anybody, you know, mm. because you're all the same. You're all being, you know, Jesus sitting with me and Jesus is absolving me of my sins. Right. You know, um, not Father Bill Gallagher, uh, Gabriel in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really look at it that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I want people to look at it that way that, gosh, it's just like getting a, a spiritual dose of hmm. of goodness, you know, because I think we get very tolerant of our sins. Yes. And they yeah. say the more we sin, we might not want to do it again, but then we sin again. And then mm-hmm. I used to tell my kids that, like, well, I don't want you doing that because you'll become tolerant of it. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't seem bad anymore. Right. And I think that's happens to us in our lives with sin. Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of get tolerant and then they build on that. It's almost snowballing, right. you know. Um, yeah, and I think... That's so right to the importance of that encounter, um, because it's. I mean, I'm sure you you have this with the kids. I know I've heard you speak with them when you're preparing them. It's not fun. No. Oh, right? don't I always say that? Who wants to say they got an A on a test? They all raise their hand. Mm-hmm. Who scored goal? And then I go, who lied to their parents? Oh, none <laughs> no of them want to raise their I hand. <laughs> You know, yeah. and I and I often will tell people, especially if they haven't been in a while, or you know, because they share that typically, and it helps me know, like, okay, do I, you know, is it helpful to give some guidance here, or you know, kind of walk them through the steps? But what's interesting is, I often will say, like, I totally get it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, did not look forward to confession when I was a kid. Of course, even right. when I was a teenager, even when I was at Villanova. I mean, it wasn't something that I was so like, yes. Oh, I can't. I wait. can't wait to tell. I still feel that way priest, in a way. Yeah, that you know? all the bad right. things I've done. Right. Nobody feels that way. No. Yet, what the incredible thing that happens is, is that when we do sin, you're right. We hold those things in our bodies. We do. We're embodied souls. Right. And so we hold them in our bodies. And actually, people can become physically sick sure. from holding on to grudges and resentments. And and, uh, and look at all the anxiety. And, yeah. You know, and they hold right. on to that sense what a burden. of what they've done and the guilt that and it racks their conscience. But what happens then during the sacrament, which I think is so powerful, is it says, even though it's not fun, to say, you know what, God... My willpower is trash. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> I didn't get it, it done. I know I yeah. shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't do that. I know I should do this and I should do that. Right. But clearly it's not cutting it. Right. And so I'm coming to you, God. Right. In complete, you know, sorry and in complete humility to say, please, God, take it away. Because when we speak it out loud... We take greater ownership of it right. because we, we're naming That's true. it. In all, right, right, we take accountability, which says, I know I did this 
And so I'm speaking it out loud. I'm naming it. I'm not happy about which with it. With any problem, you know, even from your counseling background, you know, sure. it's important to name Absolutely. that which is plaguing you in order to be able to move forward with it and to be able to work on it. Right. So naming it, and then by naming it, I get it out of my body. Right. In my mind, in my heart, and my soul. I get out of my body that's holding on to that burden in such a way as to give it away to God who wants to take it from us. Right. So as to then transform it into something good and beautiful and virtuous and holy and to give us the grace to be freed up. Right, again. So that we can then not be held in our bodies with this burden. Right. But forgiven in such a way as to be the most loving, generous, kind person that God has created us to be. Right. And, you know, I love that. And, and people sometimes, uh, adults will say or ask me, like, well, how, like about the examining their conscience. Like, well, I, I forget. Like, how do you know, you know, what I've sinned or how I've sinned? And I said, you know, there's two main commandments I always think of before I reconciliation. Mm. The first one is, um, you know, love God above all else. And where have I failed to do that? Mm. And the second one I think of, I always come to confession on, is love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Have I done that? Yeah. Especially with the people that I love the most. Right. Those are usually my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. So that's just look at those two commandments to try to find in your heart where you feel like you failed. Yeah. You know? Um, And that's living. Right, exactly. And I think we, we all could have a sense of, I do some damage today. Like, right. even at the end of each day, I, you know? I do, yeah. And, um, and not that you need to come to confession, except for, you know, the, the technical term we would use is mortal sin, right? right? So, like, serious sin that's done on purpose and with full knowledge. Right. Um, you know, and, but, and a lot of people say, well, when do I ever do that? And yeah. I'll often I didn't say, kill anybody, like, yeah, they yeah. say, yeah. yeah. And I'll often say, well, you know, if I... Uh, gossip enough about somebody maybe the first time i didn't realize i was doing it and right. i just kind of was caught up in the peer pressure so i wasn't fully free right but then i did it again mm. and then i was aware i was doing it but i did it again and it kind of mm. snowballs and now i'm killing someone's reputation wow right so it may not be killing them you know as a person right as in murder but saying yeah i've done some damage to their reputation and i was aware and i still let myself keep doing it and then therefore it becomes you become serious you know and then that's something that's like all right i need to i need to get this off my heart and my soul and receive forgiveness for this that's a great example because you don't realize like you're killing someone's reputation or and you're killing a relationship yes you know and you know sin you know uh it does separate us from relationship mm-hmm. it separates us from god our relationship with god and our relationship with each other and so that's a really good example and you're right a mortal sin uh some people say it's hard for them to accept a mortal sin of not going to church mm. that's a hard one because well I, we can't say in the last two years because it's been a crazy two years but right. now we're back right and we you know what is the Catholic view on that? Like, you know, is it a moral sin? I mean, it's not for our second graders because they surely don't have their license, I tell them. But they couldn't, <laughs> you know, encourage to go. But uh, what do you say to that? Like, is that a mortal sin? Yeah. So the church That's would hard. certainly, yeah. I mean, there's, but again, it has to fall into those categories. So like, you know, that those second graders aren't free. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. To you're be right. able to get here. Yeah. Um, you know, so that uh, that poses a reflection for the parents, right? Right. 
but similarly, you know, there are exceptions. Certainly, like um, the uh, fear of illness. If you're sick, it's mm. never you know uh, a sin to miss mass because of right, sickness of course. or inability to get there. Let's say that your body sure. physically can't get there, or you don't have access to transportation enough to get there. You know, there's a lot of things um, that. Uh, come into play to answer that mm-hmm. concretely yeah, but if it's yeah. something like you're completely free and you have full knowledge that yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like yeah, yeah you know i have no desire to be right. in communion with god which right. is what we're what it's all about that's, that's the christian life right then you know it becomes something to question hmm, hmm. you know like uh, maybe i could have been there right right so that would be the it, it's a discernment based on each person's conscience when it comes to those sorts of things. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I always say, which nobody has to, but I always say in active contrition uh, during, like, kind of the offertory when I'm trying to think about what my sins have been for the, before I receive, mm. just to clear my, I'm sure there's a sin that I've, <laughs> probably not, but, you know, <laughs> there's sure a sin that I've, but I yeah. just want to be pure when I, I, I receive the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. So that's just my personal yeah. habit that I forget who, kind of turned me on to that and I love that mm. number one uh, it makes I never forget the act of congestion because I say it at least once a week but right. I say it more often mm. and number two it does make me feel so will you know ready right. to receive Jesus you know um, so those are nice little things that we can do in between if we feel like we haven't gone to reconciliation I'm not going every week so you know I'm sure I do yeah. things that I shouldn't uh, of course you know um, Right, and those those venial sins, those lesser sins, ones that don't fall into that category of mortal, that is, you know, severs our relationship with God and others uh, through serious, full knowledge, full um, uh, freedom. The uh, those sins we do believe are forgiven with celebrating the Eucharist, right? So, we, so yeah, yeah, you said you say it during we say it during so like mass, we say right? the penitential act, which right. allows us to say like yeah, like you know. I confess to Almighty God, or Lord, have uh, mercy, right? right? So we try to get us prepared, but also through receiving the Eucharist, it becomes a sacrament of healing in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be able yeah. to be like see that as okay, like yeah, you know, I said a white lie, or right. you know, I I said this, or right. I did that, yeah. or you know, probably could have been kinder, you know, the mm. you know those sorts of things that right. we. Those things are not as serious, right? But they're things that, oh yeah, you know, I receive that sense of being forgiven through receiving the Eucharist, right. the body of Christ, right? Which is the, you know, I, I tell you know and teach the kids that the Mass is like the whole pinnacle of our entire Catholic right. faith, right? Source and summit, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I I, uh, I have a little saying that plays in my head that says, you know, what stands in the way becomes the way. So if we let sin stand in our way of maybe receiving Jesus in the Eucharist or yeah. coming to reconciliation, then that wears us down. It becomes the way, you know, right. and I want people to know there's a you know much better way and a much easier way to feel that grace, the really the part of God's life that we get through the grace and the sacraments. And my final thought I have is that uh, I, I don't feel any weakness. It, there's no weakness in forgiveness. Hmm. You're never weaker if you forgive someone else. Right. You're actually a stronger person if you forgive. Yeah. Um, and and we feel forgiven through the sacrament, and we do feel stronger to go out and be the best that we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good a good insight too to remember that um, forgiveness requires uh, like we call the sacrament, for example. 
reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation. You hear sometimes called penance, sometimes called confession. Um, sacrament of reconciliation. Reconciliation requires two people, mm -hmm. at least. So we have God and us, right, for reconciliation. Or, you know, and the priest as that kind of conduit of that mm -hmm. mercy of God. Forgiveness requires one person. So I can forgive somebody who may not desire to be reconciled. But forgiving them, you're right, is this sense of I am being released of that burden. Right. That's hurting me. Right. So we're offered forgiveness and then in that, you know, through the sacrament, but then we're reconciled in our relationship with God and others because of that encounter. That's what makes the sacrament uh, so significant right. and different than just I forgive this person who hurt me, you know, if we're just in our own personal sure. prayer. Right. We get that sense of reconciliation in the sacrament That's that requires that sense of two people, God and us, being engaged in that ritual. Um, and it makes us stronger to, to uh, avoid weakness of sin. You know, I feel mm -hmm. I always feel a little stronger, you know, and yeah. a little bit more prepared to fight off my own uh, sins, you yeah. know. And I do feel like you can't do that yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we need God for that. Right. Yes, yeah. Thy will be done, mm -hmm. right? Because <laughs> right. my will's not doing it. Right. But I would also say, the last thing I would say is that um, I found, this is on a personal note, I was, as a new priest, mm -hmm. somewhat petrified, <laughs> you know, of being a confessor because you're thinking... You know, I, it was, I was really nervous, so I thought, am I going to say the right things? Is You know, uh, you always wonder, too, as on the other side, and when I'm going to confession right. prior to being a confessor, you know, is the priest going to know me? Right. Is he oh. going to, you know, use that against me in the future? You know, is this going to be something that will be held against me? And so as a confessor, I always thought, oh, gosh, you know, uh, as a new priest, I thought, oh, gosh, am I really going to, like what happens like what if i do think of somebody and think oh this is what they right, and I, right. I have to be honest with you i have found that the grace from being a confessor is i honestly have come to see sin as so boring interesting i love that and so unremarkable and unworthy of my remembering interesting and it's like that. all sins are the same you know, yeah. and so you're right. I, I, in eight months, I could tell you, I probably have heard all this. <laughs> like, right. Right? I'm not yeah, surprised. Right, right. But at the same time, I would say that there's no desire. There's really no like what I come remembering mm -hmm. out of the confession experience, the reconciliation experience, is all the joy and the freedom and the goodness that is resulted in it. Like that's what I remember. I, I I've seen you know through going to. Uh, confession with you I've seen that and you like afterwards you'll say oh that was a really good uh, you know yeah. and I go oh it was a good <laughs> like oh but you yeah. know what you're saying is like you felt that like yes it That's was good you I, I can see you Tara you're feeling so much you know right. relief and wow that was beautiful you know so you've changed your perspective of being worried about it now you're saying you don't even it think doesn't it's even, right. Yeah, it it's doesn't not, matter. Yeah. And to be able to know, like, the seal is that sacred that it is never to be broken. Right, like, right. I can lose priesthood over that. Oh, yeah. So to know, like, you should feel completely free and vulnerable, to be honest and courageous, to share with all humility. 
right. uh, your sins without fear of me or any other priest saying after the fact, oh, hey, by the way, hey, how remember are you doing how that? you said this? You know, no, never. No, I no. am to never, you know, like I could never, even if I recommended a book to you and said, right. you know, maybe this is helpful right. in dealing with this right. thing exactly. that you're falling into. And I saw you outside of the confessional. Right. So you did the, con- the confession face to face. And then I see you afterwards. I could not initiate and say, oh, hey, Tara, here's the book that I (laughs) mentioned. This makes sense. Okay. So unless you said to me, Father, in confession, you mentioned this book. Can you tell me the name of it? And I would say, oh, here's the name. Right. But it has to be initiated by the penitent. So that's how sacred that bond of uh, that seal of confession is, that it cannot be violated. And to be honest, like I would even... like. I'll give you one like one example of this. Uh, we do a lot of first confessions, not only here in the parish, but at schools, you know, all those right. sorts of things. And recently, uh, there was a student, a young student, who came, and uh, all that I can recall is each time sharing uh, as they were confessing sins was like a deep breath. <sighs> They would share the sin, and then another deep breath, and they'd share another sin, and at the very end, I mean, I thought, oh my gosh, this poor poor kid is carrying a lot in their bodies, and at the very end, after absolution and a sense of like moving forward in freedom and in the grace of God, I, I don't often do this, but I said to the kid, how do you feel? And the kid goes, oh, so much better. Is that the best? And that's all I remember. Right. I couldn't tell you what he confessed. I know, right. What it was I couldn't tell you him. what they did. Right. I know, but I could tell you <laughs> that's all I remember is that the goodness from that encounter. That's great. And I think that is one example of the many ways in which that's what a confessor and what I hope a penitent comes away with is right. a sense of like, wow, oh. all right, the reset button has happened. Right. I'm forgiven with no strings attached. I love that. And I can go forward in baby steps to be the best person right. I can be. And I love that you even <clears throat> took the time knowing that this child was, you know, kid was like, <sighs> like it was a burden mm. for him to even share those. And that you said afterwards, how are you? You know, mm. uh, Jesus would do that. It's mm. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I, I really love that example, and I love your, I, I thank you for sharing how, <clears throat> at being a newly ordained priest, um, when you started to, uh, you know, celebrate those sacraments of reconciliation, how, you know, you were nervous, and that, look at, it's nothing, it's like, because sins are, let's get them away, we don't give them right. any, it's any, trash. it's like giving it's the like... devil a creed, like, we don't want any, <laughs> but let them go, you yeah. know, as God says, he doesn't, he doesn't, punish us like that he just wants us to sin no more you know right. try better you right. know right. oh i love that father that mm. is a great way to um to explain it and you know tell us about you know how can people who haven't gone or have gone or go regularly like what's going on for us in the parish that we can encourage them to kind of uh, participate and yeah go to reconciliation yeah so um we have confession or reconciliation after the 9 a.m. mass on Saturdays. That's right. throughout the year. And so that's like 9, you know, 30-ish, 30-ish if yeah. you wanted to come in. Or you can come to the mass and go to confession after that. Right. 
um, at Saturday morning, so most people are free then. Uh, we also have it after the 12.05 Mass on Fridays in Lent. Oh, nice. Every so Friday. So every Friday. Okay. Yeah, because we do have it on first Fridays throughout the year after the 12.05 Mass, first Friday of the month. But for Lent, it's every Friday. Great. And then we have a parish penance service where there will be a ton of confessors. So if you have a preference of not going to Father Michael, Father Joe, myself, sure. there are other Augustinians and friars who will be there uh, in the St. Thomas of Illinois Church on campus. And that's at 7 p.m. the Monday of Holy Week. Great. So I think it's April 11th. I think so, yeah. So, um, and there's a little prayer service to kind of help us examine our consciences. You know, kind of take stock of what what uh, we like forget to confess and ask forgiveness for, and the same thing happens there. It's a chance to be able to say to a priest, "Hey, you know, you, you sit down or you stand up with somebody. You can just say, you know, Father, it's been a long time, so help can you help me out? Sure. And that I have to tell you, some of the best confessions have been started that way. Isn't that great? Because it's it already starts off as like. You know, or even if it's like, Father, it's been four years. Right. The first reaction, I think, of most priests would be, especially myself, would be, welcome back. Absolutely. Good to have you. Yes. Like, good for you Bravo. for taking the time to do this. That speaks volumes about your sense of, of you know, becoming more trusting and dependent upon God. Like, good right. for you. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Yeah. I always say, what a celebration, you know, to have somebody come back. Yeah. Um, and it might be a while for people with COVID and all that. It might be. So it's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's better. Come. It's not like we're keeping score. Right. We're not <laughs> like, taking attendance and we don't right. keep score, which yeah. is such a big deal, yeah. you know. Um, well, I think this, I hope that this, you know, I just wanted to mention one more thing. Sure. If you don't mind. If someone is out there and they've missed some of those opportunities and they just have it on their heart, they can also call the parish. Yes. And make an appointment with you or Father Michael or Father Joe and ask for the sacraments. Of course, you have to get be prepared with your um, stall and everything. But that would be a perfect thing to do. Absolutely. And an easy thing to do. And I know for a fact that all three of you are always welcome to that. Um, and I appreciate yeah. that so much. For sure, yeah. That's always good. Because some people might say, ah, oh, I can't do it. Or, you know, they look at other parish confession schedules like, no, I can't go. But you're right. If you make an appointment and say, okay... I can only come, you know, at this afternoon or, or um, you know, at 4 o'clock on a weekday. Right. We don't offer it, you know, sure. typically then, but you make an appointment, one of us will gladly do that. Right. And, and um, yeah, and I would say, and oftentimes they say, like, it's always a good practice to go, you know, certainly during Advent okay. and, and Lent would be a good kind of practice because question comes up a lot. Um, or, of course, as you feel burdened, right? right. Sometimes it's, it comes up sooner than those moments. Right. But then other people will say and recommend, like, oh, you know, uh, once a month can be a healthy starter. Nice. Or every other month. You know, right. take baby sips. It's been yeah. a while. You know, say, okay, every couple months I'm going to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Just to, you know, get a sense of getting familiar with it as well as seeing it not as something to be intimidated by, but a great right. opportunity. Celebrate. yeah. yeah. And what is the church's rule, though, like on how often they need to go uh, in a in a real world, you know, like a canon law? Yeah, so that would be uh, at least once per year. Okay. Um, for all Catholics, mm -hmm. and that's in preparation to receive the Eucharist on Easter. Okay, great. The climax of the liturgical calendar. 
So once a year. So that's really, that's like the bare minimum. And then it would, and the canon law, I think, says also, but, you know, as well as in any cases of grave sin. Of course. That makes sense. Yeah. So. But it's nice to know those things, too, if people felt, you know, like, well, how often do I have to go? And it's funny, once you start going, you don't feel like you have to. Right. I mean, well, you do feel like you have to, but you want to. Right. Like, and I've done that with you. I'm like, all right, do you have any time? I just really need, you know, yeah. because it, it, if something's on your heart, I want to give it up. I don't want, I don't walk around with grudge. I don't mm-hmm. walk around with that burden. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, I, I encourage people. It's just a beautiful healing sacrament. And I hope they, they listen and they can uh, take heed and, and make an opportunity for themselves to feel that great goodness yeah. of God's mercy. Absolutely. Well, I, I have to thank you, Tara, for this Catholic conversation. And for the opportunity to unpack reconciliation, which is often misunderstood and, and a frightening thing. But I think hopefully throughout this conversation, i uh, try to dispel some of those myths and those worries and, and uh, see it more as an invitation to participate in what God is always seeking from us to come back home and to embrace us. So thank you so much for your insights. Um, and if people have questions further about reconciliation or you know other topics they'd like to see, they can feel free to contact you uh, in uh, your email or as or myself um, with further questions or, or topics for us to discuss on our next episode. That's great, yeah. And I want to thank you, Father, because it really was. Uh, I always learn something from these get-togethers that we have, and I'm always encouraged. So thank you for being so open and sharing your personal, you know, your experience as well. Mm. That really uh, opens up our own hearts, and and I think people really really appreciate that. Mm. We'll be sure of our prayers for all of you, and thank you for listening and taking the time to do that. Uh, Please continue to pray for us and our parish during these Lenten days as we anticipate the joy that is soon to be ours at the resurrection of Easter. Amen. God bless you.